My name is Ron Kuo. I'm one of the pastors here at Hillside. Again, it's great for us to gather together. Thanks for joining us this morning. During this Lenten season, the past five weeks or so, we've been looking at the I Am statements of Jesus. In the Gospel of John, we've seen that seven times Jesus says, I am, and then he says he's something, and he gives us an image, a picture of what he is. Uh, he, said, uh, he said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate for the sheep. And so each one of these we looked at, and, and what we've been saying is they show us our need. That, that when Jesus says, I'm the bread of life, we recognize that we need bread that can really satisfy us. So something that can satisfy the emptiness in our hearts and in our souls, what we're hungry for, really deeply hungry for. When Jesus says, I am the light, we said it shows us that, that we, we sometimes live in darkness and we don't know where to go and we're confused and we need Jesus to show the way. So we've seen our need, but we've also seen that Jesus is enough. All right. And so we've, we've recognized that and we started again, bread of life and then light of the world. I am the gate was the third one, the good shepherd fourth. And then last week we looked at, I am the way. I am the way. It comes out of John 14, verse 6. Jesus is gathered with his disciples in the upper room. It's the night before Jesus is betrayed. It's the night uh, before, or the night Jesus is betrayed, the night before he's crucified. And Jesus says this, these words to his disciples. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the true way to eternal life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We said Jesus is the one who can take us home. Jesus is the one who can take us to the Father. And so we ended that with a a little bit of an illustration that I want to actually share with you again this morning, just the start of it, so that we can kind of set us up. It sets us up for the next statement of Jesus, because the next I am statement of Jesus comes really close to this one. This is 14.6. The next one is in 15.5. Okay, so a chapter away, it's the same event. It's the same place. It's the same discussion. So when we talked about Jesus being the way, what we said was, this, that, that, um, there we are. There we are. Oops. All right. That, that this is the father's house in the back there. That's heaven. It's where we all want to be. It's where it's always sunny and, and we are on the way, but in our lives, there's, there's clouds. It's stormy. Uh, bad things happen to us, right? In this world, people we love die. People we love hurt us. Bad things happen to us. And sometimes we do bad things. We hurt the people around us. That's why we confess our sins. And so we're here. And so that creates in us that hunger that we want to go to the Father's house. We want to go to where there's no more pain and no more death and no more struggling. We want to be in that place. And so we try to make our way there, but we recognize that because of sin and death, because we've failed, because of our own failures and sins and and the way we've made a mess of things, we run into this brick wall. And we can't get to the Father's house. We want to get to the Father's house. We can't get there. And we said, that's when Jesus comes to us and says, I am the way. Jesus said, I know you can't get to where you want to go, but I am the way. And we said, as the way, he does three things. He first of all shows us the way, which is nice. He says, this is the path that you've got to be on. And Jesus could go through because he doesn't have any sin. So Jesus could have gone through that. But Jesus says, this is the path. But we recognize that it's nice to know the path, but we can't walk on it. <laughs> and, and even if we got to the right place, we still have sin and death that's our enemy. And so Jesus doesn't just show us the way. Second thing Jesus does is he opens the way. And we talked about how on the cross, on, on what we remember at Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, how Jesus on the cross takes all of our sin, all of our death, all of our brokenness onto himself, and he opens up the way, all right? And so he goes to the cross, and as he goes to that cross, He opens up the way. 
But we said, even that's not enough. He shows us the way. He opens us the way. But we also need Jesus to come and carry us along the way. And so Jesus rises from the dead, and he comes over, and he says to us, one day I'll take you home to heaven. One day I'll take you home to heaven, okay? And, and, and so we look forward to that day. Someday Jesus is going to come back. Someday Jesus is going to make all things new. We look forward to the day. Now, if you know the stories and how they go in the New Testament, some of you do. If you don't, that's okay. Jesus says this to his disciples during his life and after he had risen from the dead. And then he, what we call, ascends into heaven, okay? So Jesus, at a certain point, um, ascends into heaven. Forty days after he rises again, I worked really hard on this, you see? Right? Okay. So he goes to his father's house. Okay, so he's there, and someday he's going to come back. Someday he's going to come back. But this is what I want to focus on. What about the meantime? What about now? I mean, here we are. We're there. If we are in Christ, we know someday he's going to come back and get us. One day it's going to be all new. But we're still waiting here. We're still in this life. And, and sometimes Christians have sort of acted like, well, then all we do is we sit around with our hands in our pockets and we do nothing. We just wait until we die because Christianity is only about what happens when we die. And I want to say that's not true. That, that, that during this time that we have now, we are not alone and God can make a difference. And so what happens is in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way. I'm going to go prepare a place for you. And then I'm going to come back and get you. And I think he recognized that the disciples were kind of like, okay, uh, great, but what about in the meantime? What do we do there? Jesus says this, verse 18, John 14, verse 18, okay? John 14, 18, Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. But he doesn't mean the second coming there, okay? He doesn't mean that time when he comes back and makes all things new. I think the disciples probably didn't get all that distinction. We can see it from our end. But Jesus is not talking about that ultimate second coming, What he's saying is, in the meantime, I'm going to come to you. And what he's talking about is the Holy Spirit. What he's saying is that I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to be with you. And you're not going to be alone. And during the meantime, while you're waiting, I will be with you. And I will give you strength and I will give you life. Jesus goes on, John 14, verse 26. He says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, and he's talking about this through the whole end of chapter 14. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So what about now? The answer is that right now, while we're waiting for Jesus to come back, he gives us the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is there up in heaven, right? All right, and he's there in the Holy Spirit. And, and if you don't, we talk about the Trinity in church, and it's kind of confusing because none of us can understand it completely. But there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father, and they're all God. The Father sends the Son. The Son opens up the way, and he's going to come back. But in the meantime, the Son sends the Holy Spirit to be with us and wait for when we can go back to be with the Father. So all three of them are active in all of this stuff. But the, the Holy Spirit does that. So Jesus is there, and he sort of tags in the Holy Spirit. Forty days after he rises again, he goes, he ascends into heaven. Ten days later, he says, now you go. And so he tags in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit leaves there, comes down here. And on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes to believers, to followers of Jesus Christ. And if we belong to Jesus Christ, we have the Holy Spirit, okay? doesn't come to us later on, but when we become Christians, this is the way Jesus comes to us. This is the way Jesus is in us. The Holy Spirit is alive in us today, and there are at least two key things the Holy Spirit is doing. (sighs) Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus is with us, okay? It's just, some of it is just the comfort and the strength of knowing that we are not alone. 
Jesus said, I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age. And the way that Jesus is with us is through the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit is with us now, and, and it's the Spirit of Jesus. It's the Spirit of the Father. But the Holy Spirit is with us now. And part of what he does is he just comforts us. He just is with us so that we don't have to walk alone. But the other thing he does, and this is what I really want to focus on, is, is that the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, Jesus gives us strength and life to bear fruit. Jesus says, you're not going to just sit around with your hands in your pocket, but I'm going to come to you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. He's going to teach you everything. He's going to be with you everything, but he's also going to give you strength. He's also going to give you life so that you can produce fruit in your life. That brings us to John 15, where Jesus says, okay, let me tell you another I am statement. In verse 5, we're going to look at one verse of this this morning. But Jesus says, here's the deal. I'm not just the way, I'm the vine. I am the vine. And we'll unpack what that means in a minute. But Jesus says, here's the deal. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. That's what your job is in the meantime. You will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So let's try to visualize this. Okay, again, these, are, these images are so powerful. So I don't know, I was having fun with Keynote this week again. So all right, let's try to visualize this because I think, and, and I want to just say, this verse is one of my key verses for how we live today. John 15, or yeah, John um, 15 verse 5 is, is just a key verse for how we live today. And let's kind of visualize this. So Jesus says, I am the vine, all right? So the Holy Spirit is also a vine, God is God. He gets to be all sorts of things, okay? Um, infinite powers. All right, I am the vine. You are the branches. So we kind of become these branches. And if you remain in me and I remain in you, then you bear much fruit. There it is, okay? So that's, that's what's happening in the meantime. We're supposed to be bearing fruit. Let's unpack that just kind of phrase by phrase. Because I think in the end of the day, this is so important for us in how we live today. Again, it is essential that Jesus dies on the cross, that he opens up the way that he's going to come back to get it. But it's also essential for us to understand how we live today by staying connected to and remaining in the vine. So Jesus is the vine. As the vine, he has one major job, okay? As the vine in this image, he has one major job. And the job of a vine, the job of a trunk, the job of the roots and all of that stuff together is simply to bring life to the branches. That vine does that. The vine is continually drawing up nutrients, continually drawing up water, continually drawing up life, and it's sending it out to the branches, okay? That's what the vine is doing over and over. It's giving strength and life to the branches. And Jesus never fails. Jesus does that perfectly. Jesus continues to do that. If you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, he is continuing to send life into you. He is continuing to pour life into you. There's no problem there. It's the problem with the branches. It's the problem with us. He says, you, we are the branches. The branches have one main goal. I'm not going to say this is the job. This is our goal. We have a different job. But the goal is to bear fruit, okay? The goal is for us to stay so connected to the vine that we end up bearing fruit. And, and this is what it looks like, right? We start to do that. Now, if you're saying, well, hold on, Ron, what's fruit? What's fruit? Let me try to real quick answer that just so we know what we're talking about. What's the fruit that we bear? Just kind of in your mind have two things going. One is in our character, that as we remain in the vine, we become more like Jesus Christ. Some of you might be familiar with words of the Apostle Paul in Galatians. Paul says, the fruit of the Spirit, 
Okay, the fruit of the Spirit. So the Spirit being alive in us, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Those nine things. But it's love, it's joy, it's peace. So when we are alive in Christ, part of what's going to happen is we are going to become more like Jesus. We are going to have more love, more joy, more peace. We are going to become kinder. We are going to become more gentle. We're going to become more faithful. We're going to become just so... We are going to bear that fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is these things. So that's part of what happens. We want to remain in Christ so that our own character is changed. We become more like Jesus. But then also we want to bear the fruit of making a difference in this world. Okay, of, of, of having an impact in this world. And, and by that, I think we're talking about saying we, we feed hungry people. We walk with people who are grieving and in their pain and we show compassion to them. We tell people about Jesus and we draw. That's the fruit as well. It's changing our own lives, but it's also impact on the world that we start to make a difference for the kingdom of God, that we start to make things look a little bit like heaven, like the Father's house here, okay? And so we start to live that out. So that's our job. We are to bear fruit. But here's where it gets a little bit difficult. Imagine one of the problems. Imagine that we are this branch here, okay? Um, I like that one. We're doing it again. Okay, got it? That's us. Now, here's what sometimes happens. I decide I like to bear fruit, and I'm a pretty good branch. I don't really need Jesus. I can do this on my own. There are a whole lot of people who believe they can bear fruit. It's interesting. In our culture, really, honestly, there are a lot of people in our culture who would say that the, the things they want to do in their lives is they want to be kind and gentle and loving. They want to feed hungry people. They want to go to... So there are a whole lot of people who say, I like the fruit of Christianity, right? There are a whole lot of people who say, I can do this on my own. And sometimes we as Christians allow ourselves to kind of move away and we, we kind of say, we're going to do this on our own. When that happens, two things happen. One is that pretty soon the fruit starts to dry up. No branch has ever produced an apple if it was not connected to a tree trunk. Okay? No branch on its own has ever produced a grape. No branch. We are branches, friends. You cannot produce fruit on your own. I cannot produce fruit on my own. If we do that, if we say, I don't really need Jesus in this, eventually the fruit will be gone. We, we might get some appearances of it. We might make it look like it a little bit, but it won't be there. So the fruit goes, and then the, the branch itself withers and dies. Uh, it's why Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing, Right? If you're not connected to me, this is what you are. No branch has ever done anything after it's been disconnected from a vine, after it's been dis, and that's us. And that's why as smart branches, what we need to do is, again, stay connected to the vine. And that's why I think one of the key parts of, of, of how we live today comes right here in this verse where Jesus says, here's the deal. Your goal is to produce fruit, but your job is to remain in me. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, okay? So that's, that, that, that's what your, your, your goal is to do that. But the job, the way we do that, the way we bear more fruit is that we stay connected to Jesus Christ. We remain in Jesus Christ. We allow the life of Jesus Christ to flow through us because when the life of Jesus Christ flows through us, fruit happens, okay? It just happens. And, 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 and that's the way it needs to work, okay? That's why this word, and I want to suggest that our primary job and, and it's not that we don't worry about fruit at all, but, but our first job, our primary job, is to remain. Is to remain. And if we don't get that straight, if we don't get that right, then we start to 
then we start to get distance from Jesus. And, and we work really hard. I know a lot of us are working really hard. But when we work really hard just focused on the fruit and not on the remaining, it ends up with nothing. So let me try to kind of, kind of bring that really clear and, and as strong as I can. I want to zero in on, on this connection right here, okay? Again, when I think about my life as a Christian, as I think in the meantime, when I think about, okay, I want to bear fruit. I want to make a difference for Jesus. And all of us want to make a difference in this world. Right? I mean, it's amazing to me. I don't know what has happening that in the last six months, I've had any number of people come up to me and just say, what is my life worth? What am I doing with my life? What kind of a difference am I making? At least you're asking the right question. It says we, we were created by God to make a difference. Not just to make money, but to make differences, to impact people's lives. So what kind of a difference am I making? And, and so we want to do that. And, and the first thing most of us do, I think, in, in trying to do that is we put our attention on the fruit. Imagine that, okay, this is the branch. Okay, this arm is now the branch. This is the trunk, though, Jesus. This is Jesus, but he's in better shape. But um, so the, the branch is out here, right? And I'm, 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 I'm the branch. Here's what I think most of us do when we try to bear fruit. We look at the fruit. We focus on the fruit. Okay, I want to be more kind. I want to be more gentle. I want to be more loving. Okay, I'm going to try really hard. Right? I'm focused out here. I'm going to try really hard to be more loving. I'm going to try really hard to be more gentle. I'm going to focus on, on that. I'm going to work really hard to tell everybody about Jesus. And I, I'm going to produce fruit. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to, and, and we put all of our attention down here, and, 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 and we come up with strategies. Okay, if, if, if I, I can be more patient if I learn to count to 10, it's not a bad thing to do when I'm upset. But, but you know, I, these are all the strategies, and I'm working on this. But it, but it doesn't work. If, if we focus on the fruit, the fruit disappears. It's not our job. It's not your job to focus on the fruit. Sounds crazy, but it's true. It's not our job to focus on the fruit. You know what it's our job to do? It's to focus on the, brain, on the relationship. It's to focus on the connection it's to focus on the life of Jesus that comes there. And so what I want to say, no smart branch looks at the fruit. Every smart branch looks at the trunk, looks at the vine. And it, and it works on saying, my, my main, I, I want to stay. Now, if you really are connected to the vine, you will produce fruit. But, but if all we do is worry about the fruit, we can be like this. And the life of Jesus comes out and it goes out. And maybe we get a little bit. I think for a lot of us as Christians, we get just a, a little bit. You can see, maybe you can't even see it, but I put a little arrow there. But in a sense, most of the life just kind of goes off, down, there it is. Because we're not remaining. We're not connected. And so what we need to do is we need to focus on that and about bringing ourselves in to Christ and about remaining in Christ. Because when we do that, the life flows and it flows through us, and out comes the fruit. The way to get more fruit is not to look at the fruit and focus on that. The way to get more fruit in your life is to look at Jesus and to, and to work on your relationship to him, is to allow more and more of his life. You see that branch? Again, it's the, it's the amount of life that flows through that branch, through that connection right there. It's the amount of life that flows through there that makes all the difference. The rest of it will take care of itself. This is where Jesus says, you got to remain in me, remain in me, remain in me. Let me remain in you. But that's where you've got to be. And as we do that, if we can open up that relationship more and more, all right, it just keeps going. And, and over time, as more life flows from Jesus through us, we produce more fruit. Friends, this is the key. It's that relationship. 
It's that relationship. As we wait, it's living in connection with Jesus Christ. It's growing deeper in that relationship. Now, again, if you grow deeper in that relationship, Jesus is going to send you out to love more people and show compassion to more people. So if you say, no, I'm, I'm just growing deeper, and G- deeper in Jesus, but I don't care about my family, you're not connected to the vine, okay? <laughs> if you're connected to the vine, you will be drawn to other people. But that's what you've got to work at. That's what you've got to look at. So that's what Jesus is saying. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing, right? Nothing. That's our basic image, and it leads to one question, right? The vine gives strength and life to the branches, and Jesus never fails. The branches remain in the vine, and if they remain, they will bear fruit. So here's a good question. How do we remain in the vine? How do we do that? How do we stay connected to the vine? How do we allow, I mean, the way I picture it, it's like, it's like how do I open up the, 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 the spigot between me and Jesus so that more of him can flow through me? How do I get connected there? And, and I want to talk about four basic Christian practices that we all are learning about, okay? None of us have these mastered, but they're four things you've heard about before. But as I go through these things, I want you to recognize that the challenge of these is not to say, if you do these, God will love you. If you do these, Ron will love you. you know, if you do these, guess what? You might get more of God's life into you, and it might flow through you, and you might be able to make more and more of a difference. That's what this is about. It's not about fear. It's not about worry or trying to get approval. It's about saying, Jesus, I want to be more and more open to the vine. I'm just a branch, and I'm nothing without you. So what do we do? We started this sermon, this, this calendar year off. With, with us, if you want to go back and watch him again, but we take God's word to heart. First thing I think that, that we do, we, we meditate on God's word. We chew on God's word. We talked about how we, how we uh, Haggah was the, the Hebrew word. <laughs> we chew on it. We meditate on it. And, and, and we try to get at the marrow of God's word and try to get it inside of us and, and let it become a part of us. And, and, and so part of it is just learning more and more about God's word. And, 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 and not the volume as much as the depth of trying to learn just the key things and saying, God, take this deep. Help me to understand that in Christ I am forgiven. And to chew on that is I understand that how much I am forgiven. As I understand just that basic fact, guess what? It just opens up, it just opens up the way for more of Jesus to come into me. And, and, and so taking the word of God, remind me, God, that one day you're going to make all things new. Give me that hope. And so as we take in the word of God, second, we keep learning to pray. And we keep learning to pray. None of us get this one. None of us know how to pray because there's not one formula for it. There's not one easy, do these five steps. One of the things, I, as I look at the people who are coming for the prayer summit here on April 20 and 21, the people that I know who are coming, they get it in terms of prayer is not, first of all, trying to say, okay, I got to get something from God. Prayer is, first of all, about relationship. And I want to learn to pray in such a way that I am constantly aware of God. For me, there are extended times of prayer, but more often, my prayers tend to be short and just kind of saying, God, what's going on? How, how, how are we doing? Remind me that you're here. <laughs> Remind me that I'm not alone. Remind me, what is, do you want, am I supposed to be seeing anything here? And, and walking in that kind of, that kind of prayer life that, that becomes just an ongoing relationship, an ongoing awareness of God's presence. And I think, again, as we do that, it opens us up to more and more life of Jesus flowing through us. He is the vine. I think worship is part of it. 
I, I think for me, and, and, and I know for you, it just as we come together and as we sing or as we take communion, as we will Thursday night, as we confess our sins, I remember who God is. You know, Steve talked about it. He said, you know, God, open up our eyes to see who you are. And when we see who we are, that's part of opening up our lives so that more of the life of Jesus can flow through us. We worship, and then fourth, we learn to keep in step with the Spirit. Again, this is, this is one of those mysteries, okay? Again, I can't say, if you do this, but Paul, where he says, you know, at the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. He says, so keep in step with the Spirit. And, and the image is, is sort of like if you're in a marching band, and you have the rhythm, bum, 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 bum. Spirit likes to dance more than march. All right? So, you know, but, but it's weird, okay? If you're going, dude, Ron, I've never had anything like that. As you get more into the word, as you learn more about prayer, you can actually start to experience it, okay? I'm still a baby in this thing. But I just recognize, and all of a sudden you'll be like, oh, okay, I hear, I hear the song over here. God wants me to go this. I hear the song over here. God wants me to go this way. God wants me to do a little turn around here. And, and you can learn to do that. Again, don't worry about saying, well, I'm not very good at it. Try it. Just, again, that awareness, listening to God's word, listening through prayer, and letting the Spirit who's with us every step of the way. And, and you start to say, I think that was the Spirit. First, I thought it was tacos, but no, it was the Spirit moving me there because it brought me right to where I could make a difference. And so we learn to keep in step with the Spirit. Again, make very clear here, these things are not done. And, and so many of us were taught these things and what they became for us, and, and we have kind of a negative, because what they became for us is these are jobs that you have to do to keep God off your back. So you have to pray enough, you have to read enough, you have to do this, and then you can keep God off your back, and you can impress everybody else. It's not about that. It's about opening up the spigot, okay? God loves you infinitely amount right now, okay? He's not going to love you more if you do this. You're just going to be able to experience more of his presence and produce more fruit, okay? I mean, and so that's why I want to do this. And, and, and again, I, I look at my kids, I look at my grandkids now, and I want so much for them to experience more of life. And I don't get terribly angry when they get it wrong. You know, Kaylee will call and say, oh, Bennett broke this. You gave it to him. And, and he, you, you know, I'm like, Kaylee, I'm not going to make him feel guilty. I don't care. I'll make him another one. I'll buy him another one. Because he's Bennett. I love him. And he's learning. And, and so I think, you know, it's not fear. It's love. It's growing in that relationship. And, and so we're waiting to go home. Someday we will. But in the meantime, it's okay. It's okay because God is with us now. Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ is with us now, and we can make a difference today. So just remember, just remember that we are branches, and Jesus is a vine. And the question for us is this, will we remain in him? Will we learn? And it, like I say, you know, this is a mystery, but it's real. And, and we can learn. And, and maybe, you know, I mean, I think about this in baseball terms. You know, maybe right now, say, you know, I'm probably a 200 hitter with this kind of whole life flowing through me thing. Man, if I could die a 220 hitter, that's cool. And God will smile. Okay? And so don't worry about where you are. Worry about just becoming more and more available to the vine. 
Because you're just a branch, but an awesome branch. And God wants to flow through you to produce fruit, to change the world. Changing the world isn't done big steps. Most of the time it's done with little small things. A word of kindness to that person who's checking out your groceries. Not being unkind to that person who has 24 items in the 20-item line. I almost was that the other day. I almost was nice to him, but I don't have that much fruit in my life yet, so i got a little work to do. But I need to remain in Jesus. Because, friends, that's the life. Let's pray together. Father, we really don't want to make a difference. And, and, and this world, even though it's broken, is still filled with good gifts, okay? It's okay. It's good. There's so many good things. And, and so we want to enjoy them. We want to live to our fullest. So teach us to be branches. Teach us to, to, to allow the life of Jesus to flow through us. Help us to figure out how best to remain, to abide, to stay connected to Jesus so that we can be where he wants us to be and say what he wants us to say. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.